Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you. How are we doing? We okay? Yes. Um, Kids team, I am a bit offended, um, to be honest, because I thought I was going to be invited to do the dancing part with the, the black clothes and the lights and... No? <laughs> okay. No? No? Uh, next year, probably. Maybe next year. Hey, listen, it's great to see you. I, I love this season. This is my favourite season, Christmas is. Um, and, and if you're new this morning, I just want to give you a massively warm welcome. Um, I, I'm just going to just speak for, for a few minutes just from the Bible, if that's okay. So just make yourself comfortable. Um, but we're going to go to a, a book called Romans. And in Romans 5, verse 6 to 8, it says this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I'm going to come back to that in a second. But ladies, I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that that men like to step in? Uh, Have you ever noticed that, ladies, that that men like to step in? I've observed this, that men just absolutely love to step in, especially when there's plaudits or adoration to be had. Ladies, I, I mean, I thought I'd have some more ladies on my side this morning. I've observed this, but even worse than that is I've observed observed it in myself. So I'll give you a bit of an idea. Two weeks ago, we put up our Christmas decorations. Yes, two weeks ago, I did say that. Um, We're that family who put our Christmas decorations up like way too early. And we're we're the first lights on the the street kind of family. That's what what we are. And um, everyone else is like, "That, that weird family over there who put the lights up in November. Yeah, that's, that's us. Um, so we put our lights up and you could say that I was sort of the creative lead for the, uh, the Christmas decoration putting up. What that basically means is this. It means that I was sat on the sofa and Helen and the kids were putting up the decorations. But let me tell you, when it came time to put the star on the tree, who was there? <laughs> Helen, don't get that chair. It's not safe. I'm going to sort this out. So I got that. I got, let me tell you, I got that star and I put that star on a tree like a man. Put it on the tree and I sat down and I thought, you know what, like I'd done the whole house. I sat there and I looked at that tree and I thought, what a man I am. We love to step in. Men love to step in. Here's the other thing I've observed about men is that we don't like to step in when mess is involved. We like to stay away from mess. Now, I'm at the age where I've got a a beautiful three-year-old. He's not actually a sheep. Uh, It's a boy. Um, A three-year-old and and a one-year-old. And um, I've observed this. A lot of my friends have got kids or are having kids. And I've never seen one of my male friends who has a child say, babe, you sit down. I'm going to sort that dirty nappy. Like, 
As soon as there's the whiff of a dirty nappy, men do this sort of evaporating act like they're in Las Vegas show. It's like quite unbelievable, like men vanish straight away. As soon as there's the whiff of a dirty nappy, and again, I cannot be honest this morning, I've seen this in me. Just a few weeks ago, this is going to be a little bit graphic, but Judah was, was sat on the sofa with Helen, cuddling Helen, wasn't quite feeling himself, and then the next minute, he was sick all over it, right? Disgusting, I know, horrible. And Helen's like, Josh, help me. I'm like, babe, what do you want me to do? <laughs> oh, I'm doing that thing where when you smell sick, you're like, oh, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> and Helen's there covered in it. What did I decide to do? I went and got her a bowl. <laughs> That, that would have been great five minutes before, but the sick was already out. She, she stripped them off and gave them the clothes, and I'm like, Ugh, uh, uh. <laughs> Us men, I, I think we like to stay away from mess. See, this passage of Scripture we see in Romans 5, it shows us that God is the complete opposite to, to us. It shows that God's the complete opposite to us, and I, I, I'm so thankful for that, see, the Christmas story is about God stepping in. It's about God stepping in and God calling time on a fight that we were losing. See, it shows us that Jesus left the comfort, the luxury, the adoration, the beauty of heaven to step down into our world. And can we be honest this morning? Our world's great. It's fun. There's amazing things in it, but as well, it's a bit of a mess. Anybody? This God put on human flesh and stepped in to our mess. We see in the Bible that heaven is uh, is streets of gold in heaven. Now, I don't know if you've walked down the streets of Mansfield, but not quite streets of gold. It's a great town, but not quite streets of gold. God's surrounded by this comfort, this adoration, this love. And he steps in to our mess. God stepped in. I mean, let's look at Romans 5 again. In verse 6, it says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. we just stop there. Now, that word powerless, you might be sat here this morning and say, Not me, Josh. No, no, no. That is not me. You've not seen me in the gym. Yeah, you've not seen what I can bench press. No, you don't know what I earn, Josh. I'm not powerless. You, you've not seen the way, the, the job that I have. You don't know the company that, that I run. I am not powerless. See, we like to feel powerful, don't we? Can anyone be honest this morning? We like to feel powerful. Like we can navigate the storms of this life. We like to feel like that. This is why we compare. It's why we, we strive to have the best house, the nicest car. And all that great stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that stuff on its own. But we like to feel powerful. But I'm sorry to say today, that does not make you powerful. The reality is, one of the richest men on the planet, a man who had thousands of employees, a man who had billions of dollars, changed the world literally through his inventions. A guy called Steve Jobs, the creator of Apple... He died to cancer at age of 56. The world would call Steve Jobs powerful. He had all these people, all this money. But actually he came up against a situation in which he was powerless. 
I'm sorry to say today, but no matter how much weight you can bench press, no matter what clothes you wear, what car you drive, there is no comparison to the mysteries of this life. So the writer here, Paul, is not saying that Jesus just came for the weaklings. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that we're all weaklings. Tweet that one out. I went to church this morning. <laughs> the pastor said, we're all weaklings. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's going to get better. We move on to verse 7. It says this, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, I think first of all, the writer is quite assumptive here. I think what he says about someone being, being willing to die for people, I think that's quite assumptive because that's a pretty big thing. But the reality is there are amazing people in our society, in our army, in our civil services who, who do lay their lives down for people. Amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. But the reality is this. I know a lot of people who wouldn't even lay their lives down for the best friend, never mind a complete stranger. And this is what Jesus did for us. I don't know about you, but no, never mind dying for a stranger, but I drive into Nottingham in rush hour and I've made three more enemies. <laughs> I know anybody. Yeah, that guy cut me up. That guy's a nightmare. What about those people in your workplace? Now, she's not nice to me. She's always trying to better me. He's always trying to be better than me. He wants to do better. He wants to be better. Now, he didn't say a nice thing to me. Not only would we not die for a stranger, we actually turn away from a stranger. See, the writer here, Paul, is using this offensive language. He says, while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. Now, I don't know about you, but if I went round to my friend's house and we're having a nice meal and all of a sudden he, he looked at me and said, you know what, Josh, you are such a sinner. I'd be like, what? I, uh, what, what who are you talking to? What are you saying? But this is what Paul is saying. He's saying that he's bringing us all in on it. He's saying, while we were still sinners, he's calling us all sinners. See, while this line, it seems offensive, it's also true. See, for obvious reasons, we've not been able to look at the opening chapters of this book this morning, the book of Romans. We're kind of in the middle of it, Romans 5. But at the start of this book, Paul is making a case for who qualifies as a sinner. And that's everybody. In Romans 3 verse 23, it says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, before you fall out with me this morning, just stay with me. See, people take this sin word and get really hyped up about it and get really offended. But what it really means is this. It's just to fall short of God's best or to miss the mark. Now, if I was to say this morning, if I was to flip this question on its head and ask you another question and say, if you're perfect, lift your hand, I don't think there'd be many hands up. See, I've made lots of jokes about being perfect and people always laugh. So um, that must mean I'm not perfect. The reality is we all know we're not perfect. We all know we mess up. And the thing is here, we have a God who is perfect. A God whose mark is perfection. So that, that one day that you fall short of that perfect mark, let me tell you, you have missed the mark of God, therefore qualify as a sinner. 
But we take this line out of context and make it crazy. See, there's not one person here, me included, who doesn't qualify. Paul's just reminding us of the reality of who we are. See, we all know we've messed up. We all know we've got it wrong. If, if I asked you your deepest, darkest thoughts, if I asked you about that, that, the worst thing you'd ever did, I don't think many people here would want me to talk about that publicly here or even to declare it to another person. We know we're not perfect. I want you to understand this today. Jesus did not die for you at your best. He died for you at your worst. In Luke 23, 34, Jesus is hanging on the cross. People are laughing at him, ridiculing him. And there's some soldiers there who were overseeing the whole thing. They were betting on who was going to have Jesus' clothes before he'd even died. And while he's hanging there in excruciating pain, people ridiculing him, laughing at him, spitting on him. He says this, he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. I've got to be honest with you. I hate this line. There's some lines in the Bible that I just love to take a marker pen to and just say, nah, that one's gone. I just love to take that out. I don't like this line because what I want Jesus to do is this. I want Jesus to get them back. I want Jesus, get yourself down off that cross and just sort them out, you know, rain fire down on them. Anybody else, you know, they're being nasty to him. They're hurting him. They're putting through this excruciating death. See, our way to get justice is through punishment. But Jesus' way is to bring freedom through forgiveness. See, Jesus died for you when you didn't care about him. He died for you when you walked away from him, when you didn't want to know him, when you weren't concerned with him, when you ridiculed other Christians for believing in him, when you were a mess, when you were broken. He died for you then at your worst. Picture yourself in your worst moment. That's when Christ died for you. He didn't die for you when you were leading that business or serving uh, the homeless or, or helping people. He died for you at your worst. See, this is important because if Jesus died for you at your best, then God's love would be dependent upon your performance. But he died for you at your worst to show you that it's not about your performance, it's about his. This is amazing. I don't have to live a perfect life because Jesus lived a perfect life and stood in my place. See, this is the gospel. That Jesus stepped into your mess out of his amazing love for you to set you free. It's not something you can earn. It's the free gift of God. And all we need to do is to accept it. We see this sin word as negative. But Paul, he's using it as a positive. Saying, look guys, it's not dependent upon you. It's dependent Upon Jesus. There's this word in this passage which I think is so important. He said, Christ demonstrated. Demonstrated. Aren't we brilliant at saying we'll be there or we'll do something? Oh, no, I, I, I'll serve. I'll serve on Team Paul. Oh, Lou, I'll come and help you with care for a coffee. No, no, I, I'll come and help you move into your house. We're great at saying things, aren't we? 
Like, if it comes to, to, to saying things, I'm like the best in the world. I'm unbelievable at saying things. Like, I've built the biggest business. You know, I, I, can, I can do the best things. I can help the most people. We're great at saying things. But maybe we're not so good at demonstrating them. But I'm so thankful that God demonstrated his love for you and me by going to the cross Jesus is way better than us because he didn't just say he loved us. He didn't just say that he was there for us. He demonstrated it by going to the cross. You might be sat here this morning thinking, Josh, this is, this is great. This is all nice. But this isn't the right moment for me. You, you don't know where I am in my life. You don't know what I'm going through. You, you don't know my issues. But the opening line of this passage proves otherwise. It says this, at just the right time, Christ died for us. I believe this morning that you are here for a reason. I believe that this is just the right time for you, that this is your moment. See, if what I've said is true, if Jesus did die for you and raise again so you could live a life with him, so that you could know him, so that he could set you free, so that he could take you into bigger, surely it can't be missed. Surely this free gift of God is an offer that can't be refused. See, I believe this morning that this is just the right time for you. I don't know what you know about God, but here's the truth. He came to earth so that you could have a personal relationship with him, so that he could help you with your hurt, and so that he could work with you to lead you into a life that's far bigger than the one you can lead on your own. Today is the day. Now is just the right time for you to start this relationship with God. There's no better time than Christmas 2018 to get to know this Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. You're not praying, you're just giving people their space. And I just want to ask you this morning, do you know this God?